Hello, happy Monday, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Our Pack Politics Podcast. Our podcast is brought to you by our organization, our United Resource Pack. If you don't know, we are a tax exempt political organization. Again, welcome, welcome back to this Monday's episode. My name is Brittany McDowell, and I am so glad that you decided to start your week by listening to another episode of our Pack Politics Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about some asinine accusations, like seriously asinine. Um, and the accusations that, that I'm referring to are the accusations that are being tossed back and forth between two parties. Well, three parties, but they form two groups. You have in group A, you have Pelosi by her lonesome. And then you have in group B, you have the Trump administration, which also includes Mitch McConnell. Uh, So these two parties are essentially throwing accusations back and forth at each other. And they're throwing accusations in regards to something that should be very, very evident to you at this point. Today is Monday, the 26th of October. We have a week and a day before election day. So let me let me put it to you very bluntly. I've said it several times and I don't know how else to to, to really say this other than to just be very blunt. And, 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 and I need to say it, point blank period, we are not going to get any stimulus package passed before election day. I called this out weeks and weeks and weeks ago while many, many people were still sniffing the lines of hope and change. And they were, you know, really just buying into this hope and change narrative. I said it uh, in the most recent podcast episode, and I'll say it again today. Hope and change worked in 2008. Uh, hope and change. Yes, they they are necessary. Most people need hope. Most people need change. But that that can't be the theme here. That's that's not a theme that is applicable to our current circumstance. Hope and change are, are not going to lead to the eradication of COVID-19. Hope and change are not going to pay people's bills. Hope and change are not going to get people health care who have lost their jobs through no fault of their own. Hope and change is so pivotal, but it really doesn't do anything. And so Again, if you've been kind of believing this hope and change narrative and, you know, if you've been listening to Nancy Pelosi saying any day now, 48 hours, oh, any, we're, we're right there. Uh, you, when you're looking at her coming outdoors and you're wondering, is this the moment Nancy's going to tell us we have a deal? Stop, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I gave you very, very important advice last week. And that advice was to essentially not construct your household budget, budget, excuse me, uh, with the assumption that a, a COVID-19 relief bill that will benefit you directly is going to come uh, soon, if at all. All right. Um, there, if, if there are some people who sit here and propose that um, we may see some sort of legislation passed before the election and then you know you won't get it until later look again let me be very 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 blunt nothing is going to be passed before the election okay we are going immediately after the election into a lame dunk duck session not dunk a lame duck session that's essentially where the ducks of congress 
the people that you have elected essentially do nothing. They sit around, they collect a check, but they do absolutely nothing to you. Kind of like what they've been doing since what, March of this year? So they'll just kind of continue the pattern that they've had. Uh, so we're gonna have a lame duck session. Uh, the new Congress won't come into effect until end of January, early February. Let's assume that they can kind of kind of sort of get their minds together and get something passed in February, you, my friend, your household will not see a check. If you see one at all, and again, that's going to depend on the results of the election, because I've talked about before, what kind of makeup is more likely in terms of who holds the House, the Senate, and who is the presidency, what kind of makeup is more optimal um, for you actually receiving a stimulus check compared to other makeups that absolutely lead to you not getting another red nickel dime or cent. Uh, but let's assume that the makeup is right. My friend, you and your household will not see any type of check, any type of assistance from our government, the government you pay taxes to. You won't see anything on a good day until March, most likely April. Okay, so get it out of your head that anything is happening because it should be abundantly clear that you, my friend, will not see a stimulus check until probably March or April. And again, that's assuming that a lot of moving pieces kind of work in your favor. And if you consider what has happened in the recent months, if I would have told you back in July, back in June, that we still wouldn't have anything passed in October, I'm not telling you here, here, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to be this pessimistic Paul and walking around with your head down, but I'm just asking you to live in reality uh, because I, I see too many YouTubers. I, I hear too many people online um, try and sell you, including politicians, they try to sell you on hope and change. And again, that ish worked in 2008. And if you don't know, it is 2020. So that's it. I have spent too much on this intro. Let's go ahead and let's get this podcast episode started. So let's talk about those asinine accusations that we are seeing thrown around by uh, the president, his, his administration, and Mitch McConnell. We're seeing accusations being thrown over to Nancy Pelosi or about Nancy Pelosi. And then we see accusations coming from Nancy Pelosi being hurled right back over to the Trump administration and Mitch McConnell. So as I opened this, uh, this episode today, I want to reiterate because it is very, very clear um, that there is no new COVID-19 relief deal coming before the elections, okay? This should be very, very clear to you. Um, I, I, I know that some of you are just naturally more pessimistic, excuse me, more optimistic than others. Some people are more pessimistic and I wouldn't consider myself a pessimist. So I'm not telling you to not have hope because I'm some, you know, negative Nancy. But I mean, in the words of the president, it is what it is, despite what Nancy Pelosi is telling you about the fact that, oh, any minute now, or it's, it's, it's not happening before the election. I've called it weeks ago that there's really no incentive. There has been no incentive for a while for either Republicans or Democrats at this point to really go ahead and give us that stimulus package. Now, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not what most people want to hear. Um, but I would say that it also does speak to the fact that, um, 
you need to be more politically active than just voting if you have done so already uh, or planning to vote on the third. You really need to pay attention because I've mentioned before many, many times, and I will express it again, one of the things that politicians count on when it comes to them doing stupid stuff like we are seeing in this very moment where they are outright refusing to help the American people, whether it be given the interests of their donors or their own political interests because they're not necessarily up for re-election right now, what they count on is they count on you having voter amnesia. Okay, uh, the politicians who were not up for re-election, they count on you only caring about this issue until November 3rd. And then once it's over, you're not really paying attention. Then the ones who were up for, for re-election in this current cycle, they, you know, have uh, counted on you being able to essentially fall for misinformation or kind of fall for illusions. Perception is reality in life in general, but especially in politics. This is why we have seen time and time again, bills that both sides, Republicans and Democrats, knew were never going to be approved by the other side. This is why we saw them time and time again put those bills up for vote, not because they expected them to be passed, but because they wanted to be able to come back to you and say, well, see, I tried hoping that you would be ill-informed and unaware as to what was really going on. This is why I encourage you very, very strongly, even if you can't stand politics, even if it's not really your thing, for the sake of our country, even even more so for a very personal and selfish, selfish reason, which we all have, and you should never feel ashamed about, mind you. Uh, I've mentioned that before. Um, but when you look at your own financial situation, when you look at your own personal life, when you look at your children, your family, all of that, you, my friend, need to stay informed, whether it's informed by listening to me or listening to other people, reading other things. I, I would advise you to have um, kind of a, a varied uh kind of collective of outlets that you pay attention to because it's never good even as much as I love the fact that you're listening to me. No, don't just listen to me. Listening, Listen to a lot of people. Listen to a lot of things and kind of come to your own conclusions. But the thing is, you need to listen. You need to be in the know. You need to read. You need to watch so you can make informed decisions because Politicians are counting on you not being able to make informed decisions and you just kind of falling for the okie doke. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, it's that has been the norm for voters. That has been, um, that has been what typically happens. And so, what would be the best deal in this situation is if the record, uh, the record voting that we're seeing at this point translates into a record number of people now starting to actually pay attention to what's going on. Um, not just with politics, but with various aspects in people's lives. Um, the reality is most people really don't start to pay attention to issues until it starts to personally affect them. And I have stated before that you know, this issue of COVID-19 economic stimulus and relief really touches Americans on many, 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 many levels. And you should not feel ashamed for 
if you if you haven't really paid attention to politics in the past and now you're paying attention because this is really heavily impacting you, whether it's on the economic level, which most likely it is, or it's a mix of the economic as well as the health level, uh, don't feel ashamed that you are now paying attention. Don't let people tell you that, oh, you're selfish. Uh, politics is selfish. People, I mean, by very nature, we are selfish. We are, we are uh, from a biological perspective, what are we trying to do? We are trying to replicate and pass our gene pool on, right? That's selfish when you look at it. So don't ever feel bad for it because I can guarantee you the very people who were telling you that you are selfish for wanting to see something that works in your favor something that helps you pay your bills, something that helps put food on your table. The very people who look down on you and talk about you for that, those are the very people who are doing the very same things for themselves. So don't feel bad about it. So, But let's get back to these asinine accusations. Both parties, both, both, both parties. And, and again, I'm saying parties and I'm not, I'm not specifically talking Democrats and Republicans. I'm really talking about three parties that make up two groups, okay? Group A, you have Nancy Pelosi all by her lonesome. Then group B, you have the Trump administration or who you could just think of as President Trump coupled, excuse me, with Mitch McConnell. So you have these two parties. They are essentially both looking at each other, pointing the finger, saying, look, it is their fault that we have not come to a compromise. They have blocked compromise from happening. Uh, We would have received compromise. Trump and McConnell are saying, see, if it weren't for Nancy Pelosi doing X, Y, and Z, we would be at point Z. Pelosi's looking back at Trump and McConnell and saying, if it weren't for Trump and McConnell, we would be at point Z and we would have had a stimulus a long, long time ago, okay? Both of these parties, though, are saying not only is it the other side's fault, but they are saying explicitly that the other party has stopped us from getting anything before the election. And this is what I really want to focus on in this in this moment. Not just the fact that they are blaming each other, but the fact that they are blaming each other and saying that it's not happening in a specific time frame, that it hasn't happened before the election. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, okay? Both parties knew exactly that we would end up in this situation. Both parties knew. Both parties were banking on you buying into what they are trying to sell you. Because quite frankly, depending on what you believe, depending on what your perception of is of both of the parties, depending on what your experience has been with both of the parties, you are going to believe one of the two narratives that are being thrown at you. I I do not believe that there is not an American who does not believe one of these two things. And that is either that it is Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump's fault. uh, And they didn't want to do this because of some nefarious reason, or they believe that it was Nancy Pelosi's fault. And she didn't want to do this for some nefarious reason. But I, you cannot tell me that there is a single American. The, well, I'll take that. But the only American who would not really fall into either of those two groups is an American who does not have any doggone clue about what is going on. 
Okay. So let's let's look at let's look at why they would be arguing that. Why they would actually want this. Nancy Pelosi, she would and I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm just saying that this is this is how the parties that believe this could kind of justify this, right? Nancy Pelosi, she would not want to have anything be passed because this would keep Donald Trump from having a win. That is what the people who think that Nancy is the bad actor believe. On the other side, Donald Trump and the Republicans don't want to do anything because they don't want to spend any money. That is what people who fall into that camp believe. Before I proceed, I want to tell you something. Uh, I I am an information junkie, and I you know get information from various sources. Some of those sources come from like online YouTubers, and not just with YouTubers, but just even with your mainstream media, I really want you, and I've mentioned this before, that's like my phrase, right? I've mentioned this before. Pay attention to the linguistics when people communicate an idea, okay? Because I literally have had to unsubscribe from some YouTubers because it became very, very clear given the language they were using, that they were framing their attempt to kind of appear to be unbiased in, uh, they were framing it in a way that uh, was not as unbiased as, as they were claiming. Okay, and I'm not saying, the reason that, that I want you to kind of keep that in mind is because I fully disclose at the beginning of our podcast that we are a political organization. I'm not here as some unbiased news organization. No, we actually work on politics. Just giving you news is not what we actually like do. That's not the focus of what we do. We run political ads, okay? And so you can expect the whole reason I say that is not just because I like saying we're a political organization, but it's because I want you to come into our come into our space understanding what you're getting. What you're getting is you're getting an organization that has a bias. No, we are not affiliated with Democrats. No, we're not affiliated with Republicans. But on certain issues, we are going to fall in line with one party over another. And we're not going to attempt this whole kind of, well, both parties are right. Because the reality is, like 99% of the time, one party is wrong and one party is right. And it's not always consistent, but when you listen to, for instance, these YouTubers and you go onto their channels and they tell you, oh, I'm just doing the news and, you know, <laughs> whatever, sign up for, he's always trying to give you life insurance or something. I don't know, whatever the man's trying to do, but like, you know, he's in real estate. And so, you can give it just kind of given his kind of profile and kind of considering his socioeconomic status, it does make sense that he would fall more in line kind of with one ideology over another. Um, that totally, totally makes sense. But here's the deal. The problem I have is that they say to you that they are not biased. And 
I appreciate honesty. And I think that the American people would so much more appreciate uh, information and the people relaying that information if people were just honest. And if they said, yo, look, you know, this is what I believe on this issue. I believe that Trump and the Republicans are utterly right and it's all Nancy's fault. Or, yo, look, I believe that Nancy's right and it's all Trump and the Republicans. If people are honest about it, then people kind of go into it knowing what they're getting. And it's not just that I'm on this moral high horse saying, oh, everyone must be honest. But it, yes, there's the moral aspect of it, but then there's also the the fact that this is why we have so many ill-informed voters. Yes, there is the element of personal responsibility where people should for themselves verify the information that they are hearing, and yes, they should take it upon themselves to kind of determine what is fact, what is fiction, but at the same time, there is also a responsibility with people communicating information because, again, if you kind of go on a higher level and you ask yourself, who is this and, and who is this person actually giving me this information? What is what is their backup? What is their socioeconomic status? What is their, you know, what is kind of their background? Not saying that that alone is like 100% of the time going to give you some sort of framework work for the person that you're dealing with and their most likely ideology. But even though it's not like 100%, I can guarantee you like 75, 80% of the equation can clearly be brought out just by understanding who the person is that's giving you that information. So it should not surprise, like, you know, I got into the comments with somebody and we were kind of going back and forth and, well, not really going back and forth, but it was like literally two exchanges, but, you know, and I was like, like the bias is showing, like, are, like please don't hit people and tell people that you're not biased. And, and here's the thing, there is nothing wrong with being biased. This is, this is, bias has become, yes, there is a context in which bias is absolutely um, detrimental. But I would go so far as to say that the bias itself is not what is negative. Because bias most often comes along either by uh, experience that you've had or lack thereof, or, uh, well, that's kind of the main context, but the problem isn't so much that you have maybe this idea, this idea of, oh, good, oh, bad, oh, this, oh, that. The problem is how you utilize the information you have. Take, for instance, someone who just is. So let's actually talk about the blame game. Let's talk about who is saying what? And let's actually think about what people are saying. Um, in that last segment, I went off on a little bit of a tangent, uh, as I've become known for doing. So uh, I decided that the best thing to do was just to stop myself and kind of start a new segment. <laughs> All right. So let's, again, let's actually look at the blame game. Let's look at what people are saying, because... Again, I mentioned that politicians are voting or excuse me, they're banking on the fact that you are not aware or, or, or it even not even that you're not aware, but even if you are aware that you just kind of let what they say fly over your head. I really want to expose something to you in this moment. Let's start with Nancy Pelosi, shall we? Well, OK, Speaker Pelosi. 
today's episode is all about asinine accusations, the accusations that are being thrown back and forth uh, from Nancy to Donald Trump and, and Mitch McConnell, and then from Mitch McConnell and Trump back at Nancy Pelosi. When we look at Nancy Pelosi, let's look at what she's actually saying. Let's evaluate what she's saying. But first off, let's actually disclose what she is saying. Nancy Pelosi is saying that it's all the Republicans' fault and it's all Donald Trump's fault that we have failed to see anything, excuse me, in regards to a stimulus package because the Republicans, they either have not proposed anything that is sufficient or things that were proposed and pitched to them that were sufficient, they just didn't agree to it, okay? What I want to kind of expose about what she is saying here is the fact that uh, I mentioned in a previous episode that why we are where we are with a lack of a stimulus is the fact that Mitch McConnell called for a pause. So let me kind of pause right there and put it very, very bluntly. Given what I just said, given the fact that our political organization wants to see Mitch McConnell defeated, given the fact that we do not believe that the president has done his absolute best for the American people regarding COVID-19, it should be very, very clear to you how I mentioned in the previous segment that people have some sort of bias and anyone who tells you that they don't is a liar straight from the pit of hell. Uh, our bias as an organization is that in this situation, Nancy Pelosi, is she perfect? No, but she has done more good for the American people on this issue of COVID-19 economic stimulus and relief. So that said, getting back to what, uh, what I am want to talk about regarding her claim that, look, the other side just either hasn't agreed to anything or they haven't really proposed anything. Um, what I want to, what, what I want to say about that, and I apologize for that, um, is that if you look back at Mitch McConnell's call for a pause, right? His call for a pause was something that if you really scrutinize it, um, was a failure to agree to anything sufficient. Uh, his call for a pause came after the House had passed their stimulus package. So, again, I'm in in this respect. I guess you would say I'm agreeing with Nancy Pelosi here. Um, it does come back to the other side. Uh, as to why we haven't really seen anything. So now let's actually examine Trump and McConnell, okay? They are saying, well, look, obviously it's Nancy Pelosi's fault and she's holding out because here's what they are saying. She does not want to give Donald Trump a victory because it's going to look oh so great if Donald Trump sends you and your family out a check, a check that has his name signed on it, just like the last check, you're going to fall in love with Donald J. Trump all over again and remember why you just love him from the bottom of your soul, right? Well, here's what I want you to think about, because that actually does not make sense. What? Yes, it actually does not make sense. Think about it. I say all the time, look at what people 
do, not what they say. They are telling you that it's Nancy's fault because she doesn't want to see Trump win. Okay? Think about it. We have a president who prides himself on knowing the art of the deal. He knows how to close a deal. He know a part of closing a deal is being able to call the other side's bluff, right? Especially when you are in the position, or at least if you believe that you're in the position where you have more leverage against the other side, which is what the other, which is what the the Trump administration and the Republicans are saying, right? We have the leverage. We have the American people on our side. Pause, 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 because America, right? 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 So here's the deal. Let me tell you why this doesn't make sense. If our great negotiator in chief really believed this, if they really believed that Nancy Pelosi did not want to see a deal because she didn't want to spend, she didn't want to send the checks out, if that was really what was holding things up, our great negotiator in chief, what would he have done? He and the Republicans would call her bluff. If they would say, okay, well, the whole reason, even if we agreed to her $2.2 trillion, she wouldn't agree to it. She she would find something else. And so for that reason, we're just, let's, let's just go ahead. Let's call Nancy's bluff. Let's go ahead. Let's put this forward. When we put this forward, Nancy, she's going to find something to come back and then we'll really expose Nancy. But is that what happened? No, that is not what happened. Absolutely not what happened. And that didn't happen because Nancy Pelosi, their whole this whole mirage of it's all Nancy's fault and she just doesn't want us to, to be able to close a deal. That's not the real thing. The real thing, like I exposed, what was it, last week, was that Mitch McConnell knows that his fiscal conservative caucus will not agree to anything substantial. And substantial is the only thing that is deemed as sufficient in this current environment. So this whole malarkey about, oh, it's Pelosi's fault, call her bluff. Call her bluff, great negotiator in chief. Call her bluff and expose her. Politics is all about perception. So if he knew for a fact that this is only something that Nancy's holding up because she doesn't want to see me get a check out, call her bluff. Make her pass that to agree to that $2.2 trillion. Make her say no to it. If, if you're right, if your hypothesis is right, she'll go ahead and she'll kowtow and she'll find some other reason why. She, give her everything she asks for. She, and according to your logic, according to the argument the Republicans are making, she should still say no, because it's not about helping the American people. It's not even about what she's proposing. It's about she simply doesn't want to see Trump win. This is how you can know that what they are trying to sell you is asinine, coming from the Republicans, coming from the Trump administration. Don't just look at what or listen to what these people are telling you. Look at what they're actually doing and then interpret it. Ask yourself, does it make sense? It doesn't make sense. It's kind of like how they say if you hear someone talking and and what they're saying just doesn't make sense, most likely it's because they're not telling you the truth. And if we look at the situation and they are telling us that Nancy Pelosi isn't going to agree to a deal because she just doesn't want me to sign a check. Okay, agree to all of her, uh, agree to all of her stipulations. And then by your logic, she should 
still reject it. And then by your logic, because it's all about how she just wants to reject you, you should make her look even worse. Y'all can take back the House, retain the Senate, and retain the presidency. So it really would be. But they're not doing that because they know that that is bullish. That's exactly what they know. Again, in life, life is all about perception, but politics is also equally about perception. So if they can get you to kind of think, if they can kind of build this mirage to kind of get you to think this, I mentioned it when I talked, to, I did an episode last week, I believe, where I talked about how in the polls, honesty is kind of the name of the game and kind of what uh, voters or who they perceive to kind of be more honest. And I, I talked about how one thing, even if you do not like President Trump, even if you think that he is the most god-awful president that this country has ever seen, you really do have to give your hat off, tip it to that man and his campaign because they have been master manipulators when it comes to getting people to defy kind of reality, getting people to not believe the reality right in front of them. I believe that the American people are smarter than he is giving you credit for. Just open your eyes, look at the facts, look at what's actually going on, because you can see that the perception that the Republicans and the Trump administration are trying to sell you about this all being Nancy Pelosi's fault. And mind you, I'm not a Nancy Pelosi supporter. I'm not. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The image I have of Nancy Pelosi is she is out on the corner of J Street doing abortions herself and then handing out checks to illegal immigrants while having the borders completely open. That's my image. So I'm I'm not someone who praises Nancy. I'm not someone who believes that she is the end all be all to hope. Nancy is smoking a crack pipe. I never want to smoke. I don't want to smoke any of Nancy's crack. But I do believe that when it comes to COVID-19, economic stimulus and relief, is she perfect? No. Should she be giving checks to illegal immigrants? No. But when we compare what she is offering to what the other side is offering, she is doing more for the American people. And I, as an American, have a responsibility. I have a duty, as do you, to put the differences that you hold aside on the social issues, as important as they are, and recognize that in this moment, we need our country requires what Nancy Pelosi is offering and what the Trump administration is trying to keep us from getting. It's fall, and you know what that means, right? <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. No, I know that fall and Facebook have nothing to do with each other, but they both start with the letter F. So according to my logic, perfect time to tell you about finding us on Facebook since it is fall. Isn't that exceptional logic? By my point of view, it is. Anywho, in the description box below, you'll find a link to our Facebook page. Check us out. If you like us, like our page, we'll be more than glad to have you. Again, find us on Facebook. Look in the description box below for the link.
this is Brittany. Just wanted to shoot you a quick reminder. Look in the description box of this episode and you can find a link to our website. On our website, you can find our latest blog posts. You can find our contact information. If you even want to make a contribution, you can go over there and do that as well. You can find out the policies we are looking at and targeting as an organization. You know, I say all the time that we are a tax-exempt political organization. If you want to know more about that, again, go on over to our website, our-pack.com, where you can find out everything you want to know. You can do everything you want to do. We will gladly, gladly, gladly welcome you on our website with open arms. Again, check out our website in the description box below. All right, guys. So thank you for listening to this Monday's episode of our Pack Politics podcast. I hope, I hope, I hope that you were not buying into the hope and change being sold to you regarding the fact that this COVID-19 package is going to be passed before the election. We are not going to see the passage of any COVID-19 economic and stimulus relief bill passed before November 3rd. Get that out of your mind. It should be abundantly clear to you. If it is not clear to you, I don't know what to tell you. I, you know, I, I, I don't. Maybe it will become more clear when the first rolls around and you still are not able to pay your bills. I, I, I really can't say anything more than in the words of the president. It is what it is. We're not seeing any new COVID-19 relief bill before November 3rd. And even still, even the people who are willing to say and admit this at this point, don't let them sell you on, oh, November 4th, it's coming. Oh, a few days after the election. We're going straight into a lame duck session, which is going to last us until the end of January, okay? The end of January, we will see our new Congress, but we can't expect them to really do any work until maybe the end of January if they're really super fired up and ready to go, uh, or most likely in February. And even still, you need to pay attention to what happens on November 3rd. Uh, And I can't get, and given what we see on November 3rd, we can't even say we'll be able to call the election on November 3rd, right? But the turnout, or excuse me, the results of this election directly impact what is, what we are going to see regarding stimulus. You have a president who is Uh, at this point saying, look, vote for me and I am going to give you a stimulus package unlike any stimulus package we have ever seen before. Let me be honest with you and tell you something. The president alone cannot do a stimulus package. So the only way that he can give you the biggest stimulus package you've ever seen is, and, and he's the president, is if you have a Republican in the House, which is him, excuse me, in the pres- as the president, which is him, you have the Republicans retain the Senate and then they take over the House. Everyone knows that they are not taking the House. That is a, a pipe dream if you've ever seen or heard one. Um, but yet and still think about this. The big what's been keeping people at an impasse in the Senate has been Senate Republicans who do not want to spend any more money. Do you think they're going to magically roll around in January and want to spend more money? Hell no. So 
I, I really hate to break it to you. The only way that we really can, and if you, if we do see stimulus, I'm not going to say we won't see stimulus if we have a kind of a trifecta of Republicans, but if there is stimulus, it is not going to directly impact American households. It is going to be all business. Businesses are going to have a windfall like they've never had it. But what's going to suck is that they're not going to have consumers Certain businesses are not going to have consumers because their consumers are going to continue to be broke, piss poor, okay? So pay attention to what happens on November 3rd. If you have not voted, I say all the time, voting is very important, but if you think that it is your only form of political power, you are kidding yourself. A lot of people, a lot of organizations love to sell you on just voting, That's great, but I want to tell you, if no one has ever told you before, you have more political power than just a vote, okay? Uh, the, The wealthy people, that have all these this power, these corporations that are able to just get these politicians on speed dial, they're not out there marching in the streets demanding change. They don't just vote. What do they do? They actually impact, here's the key word, the perception of other voters, and they do it through political ads. This is why our organization exists. Not because we believe that this is like the best, but this, this it is what it is. Don't hate the player, hate the game. This is the this is the system that we have and if you sit there and you think that oh you know these wealthy people they can just buy politicians they're beholden to their donors they can be beholden to you too if you make political contributions and it doesn't it doesn't even have to be you i know you can't make the the fifty thousand dollar contributions the million dollar contributions that these wealthy people make but if enough regular americans can make financial contributions either directly to politicians in their campaigns or to super PACs such as ours that run ads that are supposed to try and impact the, here's the key word, perception of Americans, you can have just as much impact as the people who you think are the only people that matter. So these people who sit and they say, oh, it's just the wealthy that They don't understand that you can have just as much impact if enough Americans come to the table and say, you know what, sitting and complaining about this isn't going to get us anywhere. Let's let's actually do something about it. But I've gone off on a tangent. Um, You know, it's the the blame game that we're seeing. um, I can see how some people might believe the lies that are being told but I really just impress upon you to just really think about what they are saying and um, intellectualize the information that, that they're trying to feed you. Because just how I pointed out regarding this lie that or this narrative, this narrative lie that the Trump administration, McConnell, are trying to sell you, the American voters, that it's all Nancy Pelosi's fault and she just doesn't want to see a deal passed. Again, we have a negotiator in chief who's like the the bestest, most toughest, most bestie toughest politician, voter suppressing person in the world who can you know negotiate like nobody else. 
And you mean to tell me you didn't think once to call her bluff? Especially if he super duper knew she wasn't going to do it? In the words of Joe Biden, that's malarkey. Malarkey, right? So I'll see you around here on Wednesday. You have a wonderful day. Wear your hazmat suit. Stay safe. Vote if you have not done so. And uh, yeah, I'll see you around. Have a good one, guys.